0: So um, this is called Unto the Lord, all right? Um, And it's all about this process of us doing things unto the Lord instead of unto anything else, okay? Um, And if you've been around the church or maybe you've heard this before, and it might seem kind of redundant, you put God first, family second, then everything else, right? We've heard this. Especially if you've grown up in the church, you've heard this, right? You put God first, you prioritize God first, and then you prioritize everything below it. And yes, that's a very helpful way to kind of view it. I get that. But I kind of want to poke some holes in that. And there was a time back in the 1960s slash 1970s, okay, um, when people almost had a, had a view of, I need crisis in the rest of my life to show that I am devoted to Christ, Okay? Bizarre, right? Right. I am so devoted to Christ that everything else is coming second and things are being pushed by the wayside, right? That I've got crisis at home. My marriage is in shambles. Not mine. Well, my marriage is in shambles. <laughs> Just had to preface it, you know. Um, my marriage is in shambles, but yet my ministry at church is thriving, right? And it was, constru- it was misconstrued back then, right? Of like, all right, we're missing the mark somewhere, okay? With me so far. Yes? Okay, good. Um, and it start, It really kind of kept on going until the 1990s church and probably still kind of creeps into the, the ministries of today, um, as tragic as that is, and it bothers me. really, really bothers me that this is the way things go, and um, we need to be careful um, to make sure that we are doing everything unto the Lord doing everything unto the Lord instead of being God-man and then everything else. Does this make sense so far? If it doesn't, I guarantee it will at the end. Okay? Um, We have to learn how to pay it all, quote-unquote, but also be faithful in the other areas of our life. Okay, We have to be surrendered to the Lord, but also be able to invest in other areas of our life properly to the Lord as well. Okay, um, I, And as you'll notice through this entire message, and if you know me at all, I am black and white. There's no gray areas. I don't talk in gray areas or else I'd be a pretty weak, uh, I'd be a pretty lame pastor. Okay, I give you black and whites. So I give you truth or untruth. Okay? Um, so rest assured, that's how I'm speaking tonight. All right. Um, and this whole notion of understanding a system of priorities was always really challenging to me personally. Okay. Um, what happened is in this process, I had to discover something that changed my life. And it's this. Write this down if you're taking notes. When God is number one, there is no number two. When God is number one, there is no number two. Okay? In my thinking, which was wrong, I, I, I serve God first, and then I take a break from everything else. Or, sorry, take a break from that, from serving God, and then go and hang out with my family. And then go hang out with my friends. And what happens there? You're shipwrecked. Right? You are a shipwreck. okay? why? Because what you're doing outside of serving God is has nothing to do with God. Anybody feeling this over their life today <laughs> maybe a little bit ago. It's okay, you can raise your hand. I've, I've done this, I've done this I grew up, I grew up in the church and I've done this. you know I'm huh? I'm slightly confused. Oh, great. About what? Well, I guess I was confused with the statement, the analogy. Which one? When you were just talking about shipwreck, I guess I was confused with the shipwreck. They focused on Jesus. Boom. Did it. And they felt good about themselves because they did it first. And then they left that place and then said, all right, time to live it up for me now. Time to be the family guide. Time to be the friend guide. Time to be whatever it might be, right? Now, do you get it? With the being a shipwrecked, so what's the like, purpose of a ship? To float. When it's shipwrecked, sorry, no purpose. So it's almost like they're with the Lord and they don't bring the Lord. Them. They don't serve the Lord. Yes. Well, yeah, that's not the right thing. Yes. Thank you. Okay. Does that make sense, everybody? Mm-hmm. Clearing the air pretty well so far? We good? All right, please interrupt me tonight, okay? I want to make sure that this lands, okay? Uh, Where was I? Okay, but then through this process of kind of understanding that God, if God is number one, there is no number two. It's just that God is the forefront of my life, period, okay? Yeah, that might sound intimidating to some of you, but it's okay. It's probably the easier way of living. And when I say probably, it is the easier way of living. Cool? Okay. So, um, then I understood that all these things in my life, everything that happens in my life is actually by divine assignment. And they should be used as worship to God Almighty. Everything. Whether it's me cutting the grass or me praying over somebody. It's by divine assignment that I'm there, which we'll talk about, okay? The Lord gave us kind of these standards to live by, all right? Some of you think that there's more, but I'm just going to give you these. Um, There is whatever you do, do with all of your might, yes? That is do with excellence. Do as if you are serving the Lord in it, yes? Not as, oh, well... (laughs) I did it as good as I can. No, do it as if God is your boss, right? Kind of adds a little bit more weight to it, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, whatever you do, do with all of unto the Lord. Yes, whether it's fixing the car, cutting the grass, or even playing sports, everything I do is a possible. And I say possible because we'll get there. Everything that I do is a possible offering to God almighty. Yes? It's a possible offering to the Lord. It now can be done with all of my heart because I have confidence that the, it is the will of God. Does this make sense so far? Yeah? Okay. Cool. Something happens in in the heart of a person when I view everything in my life As an expression of worship unto God. Literally everything. Not the sinful crap that you're thinking of. Like, oh, well, hey, that's pretty cool. I could sin and worship. No. No, 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 no. Good try, though. Okay? Yeah. Got to clarify. All right? If I'm preaching to a thousand people, which, bring it on, Lord. I'm ready. I'm ready. A thousand people. Great. Or if I'm at my nephew's Little League game. What is it to be done unto the Lord? Period. What's that look like? Great question. I'm not there yet either. I don't know how to worship the Lord at a Little League game. Alright? I don't know how to worship the Lord at some of your guys' weird events that you invite me to. I don't know. (laughs) Alright? I don't know how to do it yet. Am I getting there? Yeah, I'm trying. Okay? Um, But... um, it's so, it's almost liberating because everything is set up in my life because why? Sovereign God, yes? Sovereign means in, in control of everything, right? He already knows what you're going to do tomorrow and next year and at the end of your years, yes? He already knows what's going to go down, right? Yes, you do still have some say in it. You do have some pull in it, right? Which, yeah, Okay. What happened to me is it brought joy into every single area of my life, okay? Because God ordained it and actually valued these things, no matter matter how big or small, okay? It changed me, okay? Back in the day, I only thought that God valued me praying and reading the Bible and and sharing the gospel to people and, um, and going to church, of course. You know, I thought he only valued those things, right? And the rest was just a tolerated part of life. Not saying that those things are bad. They're still very good things. There's things that you need to be doing because I know some of you guys aren't. But uh, it's okay. We'll talk about it later maybe. All right? No? Nothing. No. All right. Whatever. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. I'll just look at Zach while I preach this. Maybe. All right. Zach smiling and doing. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing is by mistake. This has completely changed me. Do you realize what you do is done by divine design? Like, let that set in for a second. Everything that you have the possibility of doing is done by divine design, right? Yes, you have a chance to say yes or no. You have a chance to turn the other direction and instead of the correct direction. Yes, I get that. But everything that's been placed in your life is done by divine design. Even those really, really annoying people, they're in your life for a divine reason, So I planted my garden recently, okay, and by I mean recently, I pretty much just threw the seeds in the ground and then Madison took it from there, Um, so, but I was planting my garden and I was out there for a good long time, you know, I don't know if you've seen it, Uh, it doesn't look too gorgeous, but, uh, you know, the boxes are really beautiful back there, it's way back, you can't see it from where you're sitting. Um, but it's, it, it, there's a lot of seeds back there. There's a lot of stuff that we planted underground and it was one of those moments that, okay, it could have been really, really mundane, which actually it is very, very mundane, but it was the, one of the most genuine moments that I've had with the Lord in a long, long time. Why? Because I did it unto him. Okay. Does this make sense? It's very mundane. It's very just like, oh, yippee, he planted a garden and he says that he did it with the Lord. No, I actually really did it with the Lord. Right? I really actually did it with God Almighty. Isn't that cool? You guys have that same capacity, okay? Which we'll talk about in a, later, in a, in a little bit later, okay? Nothing is mundane. Ah. Uh, when God is number one, there is no number two. Do I? Want, yeah, I'll say this. What if I am serving my wife? Serving my wife and maybe some of you guys. I'm serving you guys, okay? Um, but in my thinking, I'm having to leave my number one priority to take care of that thing. What if I actually said, all right, Lord, Thank you for your time today. Now I'm going to go spend time with my wife. Right? Has it happened in our relationship? Yes. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Was it very good time spent? No. Usually ended in her saying, hey, just maybe go to the other room. (laughs) Right? Maybe just I'll watch TV here. You can watch TV uh, outside maybe. Right? But when, when both of us say, okay, we're going to invest into our marriage unto the Lord, uh, we don't fight. We don't bicker at each other, right? What if I got up here, sat in front of you and said, hey guys, I'm going to preach to you, but I'm not going to do it unto the Lord. What would you do? I would hope every single one of you would stand up and say, hey, thank you for your time. Thank you for opening up and letting us play cornhole, but now we're going to leave, right? And I'm cool with that. And I I respect that out of you guys, and I hope you guys always hold yourself to that high of a standard when somebody starts speaking at you, right? Everything needs to be accompanied with doing it unto the Lord. Do you understand this so far? This is so, so, so important. Imagine praying for somebody without doing it to the Lord. What are you doing, right? That would be really weird. Okay, cool. I think I've made my point. It's actually this process of me disengaging my, quote-unquote, true spiritual activity to then take care of the natural. Very, very narrow way of thinking. Actually scary. And this started to affect many areas of my life, and I love supporting people so much that I try to dedicate my entire life to you guys, to missions, to other people, um, and I... And I I do get tons of joy out of that, but it made me not want to support my friends as much because they didn't have anything to do with the Lord. Right? Yes, I have non-believing friends, and that's a great thing. Okay? Does this make sense? I started to neglect them and started to pour all of my resources into you and into my wife, into people who, who were around the same mindset that I had. And I left others astray even didn't talk to my older sister because she's not a believer. I didn't talk to her as much. I was like, well, sorry, I don't have time for you. Okay? You see how this can kind of get out of control? Maybe you guys have even done the same thing. And it's okay. But don't do it. Okay? It's a slippery, slippery slope. Okay? That means now that everything, I have to position myself in the sense of a place and a sense of peace, that direction is coming from the Lord. And that I have the liberty of God to make this sacrifice and gifts to everybody. Not just to some individuals. Not just to some. Does this make sense? What is she looking at? Okay. Every gift I have is a... uh, Every gift I have to give is an offering unto the Lord. Do we understand that we are living, breathing offerings to the Lord. Living breathing sacrifices unto the Lord. Isn't that amazing? The ordinary parts of life are now completely gone. There is no mundane anymore. Everything has significance. How are you investing into your city, into the people that are around you that are the people that are placed in your life as maybe I call your sphere of influence? Right? How are you investing into them? Are you actually pointing them a different direction of what you actually do believe on Thursday nights, maybe? Or a different direction of what you believe on these other nights? Sundays, when you go to church, maybe listen to a message if you feel like it, right? That kind of stuff, right? Are we dividing these things? This, no- this notion of having a secular part of life has to go away. There's no separation of secular and sacred anymore. Our lives are sacred. Our lives are very, very sacred. We understand that it's a miracle that all of us are still breathing. Like that is a miracle in itself. You are a living, walking miracle. Not just when you were born, but today. Very mundane concept though, right? Right? Oh, I just wake up. Normal to me. I just wake up. I always expect that I'm going to wake up. And we've just accepted it as coincidence almost. But it is actually a divine assignment for your day. Am I losing you guys? You with me? You okay? I don't want to lose you guys tonight. Even if you're bored. I don't care. Listen in. This concept of when God is number one, there is no number two, and that begins in our sphere of influence. What's our sphere of influence? Just the people that are placed in our lives the good, the bad, the ugly, the nice, the mean, the ones we actually like, the ones that we kind of have to like because they're called family, right? Yeah. Okay. Thanks, Zach. Uh, yeah, everything has significance. Okay. Um, okay. I want to ramp this up in my own life, and that's the call that I'm making to you guys: is to ramp it up in your own life. Okay, that there is no more mundane. And I want to talk about a cool story. I will bring scripture in this, I promise. Um, I just got to get through all the stuff that's on my heart when I wrote this. I think some of this starts with honoring. We all hear this word honor, right? Yes? Or I'm supposed to honor people, right? What's this look like? Great, yeah. Nobody can ever answer this because nobody ever knows how to honor somebody. What's the best way to honor somebody? Oh, well, serving the Lord. I guarantee, if you serve the Lord, you cannot dishonor somebody. It's not part of who you are. You'll be actually fighting your own identity of who the Lord has made you to be if you dishonor somebody. I've got a great story, and Zach, I'm going to share the story. Um, uh, Early on in me and Zach's relationship, that's the guy that's on the screen. All right. Really, really miss him. Um, Wish he was here. Wish, uh, whatever. Um, He knows it. Uh, So there was this moment, uh, and this happened in Guy's group, I think, last year. Um, And uh, Zach and I are very, very competitive people. Okay. We are very, very competitive. All right. And uh, the good thing is, is that... uh, uh, that we know that about the that we know that about each other the bad thing is is we know that about each other okay we know how to poke that in each other's lives um, and Zach um, kind of got to rub in that area in my life of like all right I'm winning and he was he was definitely winning we were playing Madden um, and uh, as you might have guessed he was winning Right? And very competitive. I don't like losing. He doesn't like losing. Both of us like winning a lot more than we probably should. Maybe a little unhealthy, which we'll deal with that later. Yeah. So um, uh, I got freaking pissed. All right? I got so pissed. I started yelling and envision that, right? I'm not much of a yeller. Uh, pretty cool, calm, and collected. But he pissed me off. It wasn't his fault. He just. You know, he just won. And I was pissed that he won. And he was like, man, that score is pretty high. And I was like, yeah, dude, all right, I get it. Okay, cool, thanks. And I just blew up on him. Um, And uh, first of all, that is not honoring somebody. And imagine being the group of people that was in that room at that moment. It was pretty freaking uncomfortable, right? I could feel it. I was like, all right, this is my own house. I want to leave, right? (laughs) And... um, I just felt awful about it. The whole week, you know, I just didn't feel right about it. And obviously, this is not me honoring Zach. It was not me honoring Zach in that moment, right? And it could have been easy for me to just text or call Zach that day, right? Um, Or even the next day once I slept on it. But I didn't. I didn't. You're like, oh, Lex, you let that really fester. No, I, I, I didn't. I had purpose behind it. Because there was a group of people who also were dishonored in that moment their pastor just blew up on one of their friends, right? And like, oh, set the scene, right? Girls, Madison, freaking out on you? Yeah, would be hilarious. Um, It would be like, what the heck just happened, right? Um, But um, what I had to do in efforts of honoring Zach, because I obviously didn't honor him, I needed to make amends, yes? So what I did, in, and I by no means am I tooting my horn, okay? I hope you hear that. What I did was I apologized in front of everybody to Zach, saying, hey, I did not handle myself well, and I'm sorry. I addressed Zach first, and then I addressed the rest of the room, right? Um, you see? Do you see my point? Mm-hmm. I, if I dishonor, I need to make it right. Yes? Okay. So I want to encourage us to do that more right maybe not just here at the home cool yippee yippee the home yeah right but what about in your workplace what about that family member what about that enemy what about yes what about these people when i dishonor somebody we need to make it right we do something like that in our families or even here at the home, this is not school. We can't get crass with one another. We can't, okay, well, I'm drawing the line here, right? No more, I'm not having it, right? We can't do these. We can't do this thing, the grudge thing. We can't do it. Is that part of living a life with Jesus? Let me tell you, in case you didn't know, no, it's not. Okay? I want to I wanna almost add something too that, uh, that I, I thought of was maybe even after that moment when I apologized, then what I should have done out of more humility is saying, hey guys, will you pray for me that that would never happen again? Right? Would you pray for me that that would never happen again? Okay? Because all I want to do, guys, is be like Jesus. All I want to do... Granted, he didn't ever dishonor anybody, right? He, uh, he was pretty pretty good, right? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but I'm not Jesus. But I want to be like him, you know? I want to be close, you know? I kind of want to be like him, right? I want to get as close as I can to be like him, right? Wouldn't that be really beautiful if we did this humility and honor tied up together? It would, it would almost be like a glimpse of heaven, Yeah. That's how to honor somebody. We have to view everything unto the Lord, right? Would I, speak to, would I speak to the Lord that way? The way I talk to Zach? I would hope not. I would hope not. I can't say with 100% certainty because I have blow-ups. Okay? It is all for Jesus. This culture begins at, the hu- at your house. And in your influence, this is honor. Can I talk harshly to Madison and honor her? I don't think so. I can't honor her with that. No, I can't. The normal parts of life can be a part of your offering to God. And when it does, it adds such a definition and purpose to what was once considered mundane okay so there's this story in scripture i I, I, I promised you um it's uh first kings chapter 10 if you would turn there okay it's a fascinating story um and i just want to illuminate this truth Feel good? Feeling good? Yeah. Yes. With me. Affirmative. First Kings ten. Yeah. First Kings ten. Yes. Everybody there? First Kings 1 one. First ten. Yeah. Verse one. All right. And I just want to read this, uh, probably till thirteen. All right. Is that cool? Yeah? yeah. Alright. Now, when the Queen of Sheba. Start again, the page turned because of the wind. Now, when the Queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with difficult questions. So she came to Jerusalem in a very large retwin. I don't know what that is, but it carries all this. With camels carrying spices and very much gold and precious stones. When she came to Solomon, she spoke with him um, about all that was on her heart. Solomon answered all her questions. Nothing was hidden from the king, which he did not explain to her. When the queen of Sheba perceived all the wisdom of Solomon... The house that, that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the attendance of his waiters, and the entire and their entire, the, his cupbearers and his, his stairway by which went up to the house of the Lord. There was no more spirit in her. Then she said to the king, "It was a true a true report which I heard in my own land." About your words and your wisdom. Nevertheless, I did not believe the reports until I came and my eyes had seen it. And behold, the half was not told to me. You exceed in wisdom and in prosperity the report which I heard. How blessed are your men, how blessed are these your servants who stand before you continually and hear your wisdom. Blessed be the Lord your God, who delighted in you to set you on the throne of of Israel because the Lord loved Israel forever. Therefore, he made you king to do justice and righteousness. She gave the king a 120 talents of gold and a great amount of spices and precious stones. Never again did such abundance of spices come in as much as Queen of Sheba gave King Solomon. Okay? And then it goes on... uh, you can read it 11 through 13 talks about the other stuff that she gave him. Okay? So it's this fascinating story, and you're like, Lex, where are you going with this? And I'm so glad that you asked because it's really, really beautiful. You ready? What's up? Mine doesn't say stairway. Really? Yeah. Hmm. No, mine doesn't use aren't you reading ESB? No, this is NASB. Oh. <laughs> huh? Period. Thanks. Okay, so isn't it weird that this lady, this Queen of Sheba, traveled so so far to go check on this King Solomon? Yes, mm-hmm. this is kind of bizarre, and her whole purpose was to ask him a bunch of questions, just ask him questions, right? None of the questions are listed, none of the answers are listed, it's annoying, yeah. <laughs> um, but whatever, what is listed is that she sees the house. She sees the house. She sees the food on the table. She sees the clothing of the servants. And stairs. Yeah? My translation says stairs. Mine's more accurate than yours, I guess, but whatever. Um, (laughs) I say that loosely. Uh, (laughs) Right? All of these other things made it into the Bible. But none of the questions and none of the answers. You guys getting what I'm talking about yet? Mm -hmm. Isn't that bizarre? Why did this woman notice the stairs? Why did she notice the cups on the table? I'm glad that you asked. Because these are the mundane parts of life. You don't walk upstairs and go, wow, amazing stairs, huh? No, you never do that. You've never done that once in your life. Until this moment, you're going to be like, wow, those are nice stairs. (laughs) I'm just joking, right? (laughs) But do you get what's happening here? Are you guys as weird out as I am? She comes and travels all this way with all of this stuff, right? A lot of gold. A lot of spices and some camels. And she has some questions. He gives some answers and it's like, okay, cool, now that we're done with that, wow, your stairs are amazing. I'm just fascinated by that. You just use stairs. You don't go to a restaurant and look at what the waiter is wearing. You eat. You know... You don't, you don't be, you're not mesmerized by stairs. You just use them to where you need to get to go. So you can get to that higher purpose, yeah? Okay, I got to go upstairs so I can go to bed or whatever it might be, right? Something happened with the way Solomon handled the mundane in his life. Right? He did it with excellence. He said, these stairs are going to be built unto the Lord those cups that I buy they're going to be the excellent isn't this fascinating let me let me turn up the volume a little bit maybe all right maybe this will land a little bit better picture this okay envision this with me you are a carpenter you're a straight up carpenter all right you build things out of wood with nails and screws and maybe sometimes some glue all right That's all you need to know. Today, you're a carpenter. Okay? Yeah, you're welcome. You're a carpenter, but the even cooler thing is you're in Jerusalem. And you're actually kind of close by to King Solomon's place where he's actually gonna start building this palace. This beautiful, beautiful house. Yeah? And then you get a phone call. And you've applied yourself to various studies of, of woods, various studies of stains to just you're a master. You're excellent at what you do. Yes? Okay? Remember, you're a carpenter. Yeah? Don't forget that you're a carpenter all through the rest of this, okay? You're a carpenter at this moment. You've dedicated yourself to this craft for your entire life. And you get a phone call. And it's a representative of King Solomon. And he says, hey, we've seen some of your work we want you to come out and bid and kind of draw up what you're thinking for Solomon's staircase. And the carpenter's like, "Yeah, I've done lots of staircases. When, what time do you want me over? And the, uh, that representative says, I want you here now. Right now. Like, you're already late. Right? I want you here now. You're talking to the king's representative. So you get in your Horse. <laughs> Phones, but no yeah the (laughs) headphones yeah yeah, they're at the iphone 13 okay anyways so you go you you go up you knock on you knock on the door and say hey all right let's let's see what you guys have in mind for these stairs i want to hear kind of your hopes and dreams king solomon's in the room and you're like oh wow hi king let me let me bow down to you a couple times and then let's talk about these this staircase and he hires you. And you're like, cool. All right. I got a staircase. I didn't get the front door. Dang. I didn't get his bed. Bummer. You got a staircase. All right. You still with me? Remember you're a carpenter? Yeah. Okay. Then you finish. It's beautiful stairs. You're super, super proud of it. You used all these different kinds of woods, all these different kinds of stains, and it just looks gorgeous. Yes. It's fascinating. All right. You're super pleased with it because you're a carpenter and you're like, well, people are just going to walk on this and you leave. Then you catch word that this queen is coming to town to kind of talk to King Solomon about he's, She's got some questions and he's got some answers, hopefully, and they start conversing and then all of the sudden news gets back to you that the queen noticed your stairs. That the queen actually saw your staircase. She didn't look at anything else except for some cups, some clothes, but she saw your staircase. And you're like, whoa. And then the story goes on. Somebody's reporting to you and saying, hey, because of your staircase, the queen of Sheba actually came to know the Lord. We read the same story, yes? That was read in First Kings 10, correct? Mm-hmm. We didn't, I, you didn't miss that. Yes, you didn't miss that part of the scripture where she literally said, blessed is the Lord. Holy crap. And you're like, whoa, my stairs did that. My stairs did that. Are you catching what I'm talking about tonight? Mm -hmm. Does that kind of like, all right, I need to do everything to that level that it could actually bring somebody to the Lord, right? No matter if it's flipping pizzas like Katie. I just think that she flips pizzas. I don't think she actually does, but she does. In my mind, Katie's back there, whoosh, whoosh, flipping pizzas. And then somebody takes a bite of that pizza and says, there is a God. (laughs) Right? Right? That's what happened in this story, this queen walks into this house, sees the stairs, says, there is a God, and says, there is a God. That's the most mundane thing I've ever heard, right? Mm-hmm. That's like if Blake paints a house, and then wham, somebody sees it and says, oh, there's a God. We laugh at it, but it's the reality of doing things unto the Lord. Mm -hmm. That there is no more mundane. There is no more, I just do this so I can get a paycheck so I can pay my bills. There's no more of that. It's a divine assignment from God Almighty. It's actually the Lord saying, Tatum, I placed you in this exact spot so that somebody could see the mundane areas of your life. And they say, there's a God. Right? Everybody does the, okay, I'm going to go to the top of a 14, take the 14er and take the picture and say, oh, there's a God now. Okay, that's very mundane to me because I've lived in Colorado for my entire life. But it's not mundane to somebody else. I want you to grab that. Do you understand that the mundane in your life is the thing somebody else is searching for to see God in? Why? Because everything is done by divine assignment. Down to the details. Holy crap. Right? Adds a little bit of weight to your life, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, a little bit of a calling out of your life like, well, I just serve the Lord sometimes. No, I'm telling you, hey, let's turn it up a notch. Let's turn it up a notch. Even if you think you are Mr. Holy, I don't give a crap. Let's turn it up a notch because I need you and you need me, right? Because what happens? Everybody has a story of a deadbeat Christian, yeah? A Christian that has represented me wrong. Why? Because I identify as a Christian. The bummer thing is, their mundane was saw. And what did it show? Nothing. Nothing. They didn't show Jesus. I don't want to be that guy. Those people make me look dumb. Can I say it? Mm-hmm. Right? We see these people. Oh, I did a Jesus thing today. today. Oh, here's where it all comes together. <laughs> I did a Jesus thing today. Now I'm fully surrendered to God. No. I am telling you that your life is a Jesus thing. There's no more mundane I'm losing my voice. <laughs> There's no more mundane. Do you feel the weight of this? Yes. She says there is a God because she saw some freaking stairs. Do you see this? It's the chef that pours themselves into the creative expression of their food unto the Lord. Yes? yes. It's the painter that pours themselves into their normal unto the Lord. Oh no. died. No, my iPad. It's everything that you've chalked out. What's your job? Think of your job. Think of your literal job. Maybe you flip hamburgers. Maybe you deal with people that you can't understand on an intercom. How can you do that? Well, and how can you do that unto the Lord? That's for you to figure out. Right? But I'm desperate to see it. Because it's not my mundane. Does this get anybody excited? Yes. Does it add a little bit of something, something to your life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let me close with this. Oh, here we go. It's the businessman who is able to prosper and live in integrity unto the Lord. It's the nurse or doctor who views their line of work as unto the Lord. I just had to finish that. It's all of these things that become such vital tools in making the mundane into gifts unto the Lord. Maybe write this down. Maybe put this on your steering wheel this week. The mundane were meant to be gifts unto the Lord. I can't be a living sacrifice if I only sacrifice 30 minutes every day. Sorry, what's that too in your face? Is that okay? You all right? Okay. Just want to make sure. I just get excited about that. That's, That's amazing to me. There is such definition to every single part of my life and to your life. Right? I think we need less pastors and preachers. I think we need more people serving the Lord in their line of work. Mm-hmm. Right? Those pastors and preachers, yippee, yippee kaye. You don't need more of me. You don't. Everybody needs more of you living unto the Lord. Does that make sense? Everything has meaning, purpose, and everything can actually illustrate Jesus. Right? Have you ever seen an incredible painting? And you're like, wow. Holy crap. How did that even happen? Right? Everything can be a tool to the kingdom of God, everything is useful to testify of His goodness. And of his greatness, right? Telling you the truth tonight. I I do I try to do that every night, but you know, (laughs) I'm telling you the truth right now. I'm I'm really really I really feel this. That there is zero mundane. Some of you guys are going to forget this right when you get into your car, and I'm bummed about that. I really am bummed about that. I need you guys to remind yourself somehow, some way this week for the rest of your life that every single thing in your life is by divine design. Right? Right? You need to put a reminder somewhere. You need to remember this the rest of your life. Even this moment was by divine design. Isn't that crazy? This moment right now. God said these people are going to be in that yard. At this address. At this moment. With these lights strung above. With Madison standing over there. I don't know why she's doing it, but she's doing it. Right? All of these things. Right? Coolers behind us. Some tipped over, some not. Everything was by divine design. There's no more mundane. Some of those leaves are a little bit yellower than than others, right? Hannah's hair is going to be blue this week, not purple, right? All of these things are by divine design. Do you understand that the Lord thought of that of this night before you were created? What? Before you were ever even created? He didn't just all of a sudden like, oh, well... Th- They might get along. So, well, let's try it, right? This is not Sims. (laughs) This is not Sims. This is full on. This is God saying, I am going to orchestrate these people, Carly to show up. It's all of these things, right? It's amazing. And we just overlook it, right? He even knew that my hands were going to be really, really dry, right? He even knew He knew it. He knew that paintballs were going to show up on my front step tonight. Right? All of these things. I I just, I want you to grasp this. He knew it. Why? Because he's sovereign. He's not some mampy, pampy God living up in the sky that you've seen demonstrated poorly. Now you can't be that demonstration of poor anymore. Why? Because now you're responsible to this. Sorry. It's a big setup. Not to trap you, but to bring so much, so much freedom to your life. I told you it'd end good. You were like, well, this guy, I don't know about this. I told you it'd end good. I told you... I've told so many of you that I've gotten to pour into over the years that your life is worth living, that your life has divine, divine, divine purpose. Why? Because it literally does. Like, literally. Like, full on, the Lord said, Oh, I'll I'll give Jaden breath this morning. Right? Oh, I'll give Ashley some breath this morning. That'll be good. That is mind-blowing to me. Right? Doesn't that blow your mind? Don't lose this moment. Let that blow your mind. Because I need your mundane. And you need mine. Why? So we can represent Jesus Christ well. Right? That's something to be a part of. Right? Yes. That's something really to really to be a part of. Hey yes. dude, how are you yes. doing? It's really something to be a part of. Not this ministry who gives a rats whatever to this ministry. It's just a way of doing the Lord's work and the way for you guys to get to hear some awesome just just saturated sauce tonight, you know? It's just good, man. That's the only thing that this ministry does. I don't even care about the I don't even care about how big this thing gets. I don't care. I care about how Jesus gets glorified. That's it. I don't care about my own ego. I care about Jesus' ego and what he deserves. That's something to be a part of. I'm sorry that the system might have rubbed you the wrong way. It's rubbed me the wrong way plenty. But, welcome to freedom. Welcome to divine living. Welcome to Jesus Christ saying, Hey, I've picked you to wake up this morning, Hannah. And i picked you for a divine assignment this morning, Hannah. Holy crap. I've lived with myself a pretty long time and I'm like, Lord, are you sure of me? And he says, yes, every single time. He says, yes, every single time. I will never get to interact with the people that you might get to interact with. Right? I'm not in your sphere. And that's good and bad. I'm sure they're cool people. You know, I've just never met them. But the Lord has placed you there for a very, very strong, strong reason. Not just like, well, they might get along. Isn't that amazing? That's all I've got. So, Lord, I'm going to pray right now. That's what, I'm going to do that right now. If you would, just in an act of receiving, if you want this bad enough over your life whatever, just hold your hands out just in a give in an act of receiving okay? All right nothing nothing more than just an act and a posture, I guess I'll say. Lord, I just pray for revelation tonight. I pray that you would just saturate us with that truth that you have set up everything for your glory. Lord, I just pray for every single person here, every single person listening to this, every single person that might listen to it, that you would release this truth over their life in a in a tangible, measurable way. That, Lord, we wouldn't take anything for granted, but that we would see it as you see it. That we would see it and say yes to what you're doing. Lord, I pray that scales would be removed from our eyes. That we would see as you see, Lord. That we would represent the name of Jesus Christ well. Lord, I long for that. Lord, I just pray that nobody would forget this. That you would remind them in, in you and their own special way of reminding them about this truth tonight. And that they would wake up tomorrow, finish out their day today, would say, Nothing is mundane, everything is for Jesus. Lord, thank you for being a God worthy of serving. Thank you for being a God that doesn't leave anything in the dark. That you bring everything to the light. Lord, we just love you. We thank you for who you are. That you are a God worthy of serving. Lord, I just pray that you would release it over every single heart tonight. Every single mind tonight. that we would remember that first moment where we did fall in love with you and that you'd reignite it thank you Lord in Jesus name amen, amen. I'll finish with this thought and then I, I really will <laughs> shut up I was playing uh, golf Tuesday and I got to play with a couple dudes from legend uh, it was awesome uh, two high school kids from Legend. Never met them before. We just got paired up. Uh, I was not the creepy 27-year-old, I promise. Okay? Yeah. I, 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 was, I was okay, okay? But I was telling them all about kind of what I went through in high school, and it was this really – it was this awesome time. Um, what I went through in high school was because they're going – trying out for the golf team uh, this year. And I was like, hey, because I did that. I'm a golfer. Uh, there, there. It's out in the open. Go ahead, everybody laugh if you feel prompted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they, uh, they were like, well, how'd you finish out high school? And I told them the whole story. I'm not going to waste your guys' time. Um, but I was like, yeah, but I actually fell out of love with the game. And I didn't play for a couple, couple years. And I took a break. They were like, what? I, we can't even imagine that. And I'm like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and they were like, well, what made you pick up the club again? And it, it made me think about my kind of the first love for the game, right? And I'm talking about golf a lot. If you've hung around me a lot, I know. I'm talking about a bunch because I've just fallen in love with the game again. And, and they asked me that question of like, what made you fall in love with it again? What made you pick up the club again? And I was like, well, and I, I started thinking and started thinking. And I was like, well, I missed hanging out with my dad. I just missed hanging out with my dad. That used to be our thing, you know. And then it was like, good thing this was on seventeen because I just kind of, I kind of, they messed me up with that question, you know. It was kind of like that moment when, like, Tom Brady was asked, "Who's your hero?" Uh, have you guys seen that interview, yeah. Keelan? You've not. You haven't seen. You don't. You stay away from Tom Brady, huh? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, this little boy asked Tom Brady a question like, "Hey, who's your hero?" And Tom Brady was like. And got all choked up and was like, oh, my dad. And then he couldn't say anything else. And I guess what I, I, the reason I'm telling you that is I want you guys to find your first love again. Not that girlfriend that got away, not that boyfriend that got away, all right? <laughs> Forget about that, all right? We're not talking about that tonight. What I want to talk about is why did you fall in love with Jesus the first time? Why? What happened? What was that moment like? And then really ask yourself, is it because you, why do you want to get back into this Jesus thing? Is it because you miss your dad? Is it because you miss your father? Is it because you want that unity with the father again? Not your earthly dad. I, I'm sure he's great, but maybe not, but whatever. You know, but your heavenly father. He's called a father for a reason. Do you miss that connection? I just want to kind of, I I don't know, I'm being a little bit vulnerable, but whatever. You guys are probably used to it by now. But I just want to invite you into that because, like, what was the first, why? Why this Jesus thing? Why didn't you pick something else, you know? There's plenty of other religions out there, but why Jesus? I really want you to think of that tonight, all right? I guess that's that's how I'll leave us. And if anybody has thoughts, great. But that's how I've that's all I've got. Cool.